I was thinking about something recently that I remembered from grade school. It's <laughs> one of the first science experiments that we ever did in our class, and I'll be honest with you, it must have been first or second grade. And again, in the honor of honesty, it's probably as much as I remember for si from science, period. But our teacher took this clear glass of water and she mixed in red fruit coloring. Then she took a stalk off of celery and cut the bottom and set that celery down in that water and she told us to wait till tomorrow. Well, it didn't seem like it was something for much anticipation, so I can tell you that it wasn't on my mind as I went home that night. But when we came back, what we were able to see is that stalk of celery now had turned red in its veins and it was even reaching up into the leaves because of where it's been placed. It was the idea of rooting this cut-off piece of celery in a water that would draw completely up and change, to some degree, the very nature of the stalk of celery itself. Now, now here's what that had me thinking about. The rooting of my own life. Now, this is going to be kind of a discussion that moves forward like a journey. But as I begin to consider my earliest rooting, the rooting in my family, I can see that there were both positive and negative things that came out of that planting, if you will. The same is pretty much true for you. And I want to talk about me, but maybe you could think about you. Some of the good things that came out of my rooting in my own family was the notion of loyalty, hard work, being faithful to the tribe in which I was raised. Those are really good things, but there were also toxic things that came out of my family experience. Certainly the fear that I've experienced, being raised in an environment of violence, an environment of, to some degree, breaking the law, that was also something that began to affect me. And even in my own experience, I know that some of the decisions that I made early on were very much related to the rooting that had impacted my life. I know that when I was in junior high school, I really loved basketball. I played on the seventh, eighth, and ninth grade basketball team, and I enjoyed it. It was a team. It was getting together with guys that were my very best friends. But see, something that was true of my family life was that there was always great tension and also quick criticism and the threat of violence. And we got this coach when I was in ninth grade who had just finished a stint in the Marines, and he was mean. And I guess he knew basketball to some degree, but he was very violent, and he would yell and shout and demean and grab you. And then if we didn't play well, he'd punch lockers. And do you know there came a point where all joy left me about playing basketball because the rooting of my family and now the experience of that left me with such great tension that in my last year, I decided I couldn't do it anymore. I got shingles and rashes and other things in my emotional reaction to it all. And so I quit and I never played again on a basketball team. You see, the rooting that I experienced in my family to some degree impacted both the strength and weakness of my life 
and how I began to look at the world. And so I, I just wonder for a minute if you would just take a few seconds, think about what did the rooting of your family life do for you positively? Maybe list two or three things. And did it impact your health negatively? Just like that red water went clear up into the leaves, are there aspects of your own life that were impacted negatively? Maybe with performance or people-pleasing or aggression or violence or shyness, whatever it might be, silence? Just identify it right now. Now, I want to go a step further with you. I want to talk about the rooting of your earliest spiritual life. So let, let me share mine, and then we'll see if there's any relationship. When I first came to faith, there were many good things that I was now rooted in. The concept that I'd been forgiveness of, forgiven of my sins, that there was a heaven, that there was a better way of living life, and the concept that God loved me. But there were also some negative things. There was still a real performance demand that was placed on me. There was also a real attention to rules and how you had to get all the rules right in order to please God or look out. You see, again, that spiritual rooting, while it in many ways was the beginning of a transformation in my life, it also brought with it, because of the toxic nature of some of the teachings, some bad fruit in my life. Which leads me now to a passage of scripture that we find in Ephesians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul encourages us to be rooted in God's love. It actually reads, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the attachment love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Just think of this, be filled. It means that if we become rooted in God's love, his great love for us, then the characteristics of that love begin to be brought up into our own life, and it begins to affect the way we feel about ourselves and the way we begin to feel about life itself. So if you thought of God's love again as this place of rooting, what's in that rooting? What's in that love? Well, Scripture tells us many things. It says that God's love is patient. It's kind. It does not easily anger. It holds no records of wrong. It protects us. It trusts. It hopes. It perseveres. God's love is a seeking love, it's an accepting love, it's a knowing love, meaning he knows everything about us, even the hairs on our head. It's a sacrificing love for our benefit, it's a cruciform love. And what God wants is for us to be rooted in that love, attentive to that love, in order that we can be aware of the degree to which that love is the foundation of our lives. It means there is no performance. There's no people-pleasing. There's no violence or aggression or fear. No reason to be silent. 
But instead, this love gives us reason to come out, to let our true self come to the surface. It's a love that enables us to awaken to who we really are in Jesus Christ. And that this love is something that can completely transform, hear this again, the way we look at ourselves, the way we look at the world, and the way we look at other people. In what's called attachment theory, Daniel Siegel and my friend Kurt Thomas both talk about the fact that there are four characteristics that are very important in the development of our lives. We have to be seen. We have to know we're being seen by people, which means being appreciated and understood for the uniqueness of who we are. We need to be safe. Safe meaning that when we fail or make a mistake or don't measure up, there's no risk at all of disconnection, but in fact, we are secure in a relationship. This attachment love also means that we are being soothed, that when we hurt, words of comfort and care are coming our way, words that are empathic and that are tender, and that out of this we feel a sense of security to take risks in life. Attachment love, if you will, sees us, keeps us safe, soothes us when we hurt, and enables us to feel this deep sense of security. Now, what am I getting at? That God's love is like that for us. I know it's hard in a broken world sometimes for us to realize it, and a lot of that is because of what's already rooted and, if you will, producing negative fruit in our lives. There are beliefs we have that are simply not true, that come from the rooting of our experience in our own home, in our own community when we were growing up. The rooting of our early spiritual experience can also be part of this. And what God wants us to know is that we can be rooted in his love. That's why Paul prays this prayer. I pray that you being rooted and established in love, God's love, God's caring, your one-of-a-kind love, God's joy and delight in you, love, that he wants to show every single day if we can only be attentive to it. I've been thinking a lot about number six, which we've talked about before. And in number six, we hear those words again, that God wants to bless you, keep you, gaze at you with wonder, give you grace-saturated moments, turn towards you so that you can experience peace and then place your name on him. Do you realize how many of those characteristics go directly over to the fact that you are seen by God, you are safe with God, you can be soothed in your own brokenness, and you are secure where he says nothing will separate you from his love. Now, I have to admit, there's a couple dimensions of this that are important. First, that this isn't just conceptual. It needs to be episodic. It needs to be an experience that we have, an experience that we get by meditating on his word, by being mindful of acts of love that come our way day by day, by noticing them. It's also part of us identifying what's in our life that really comes to us in bad places and letting the Holy Spirit 
bring forth the fruit of what it means to be deeply placed in the love of God. I want more of this. I believe it will change me forever. I also think it's part of why Scripture talks about perfect love casts out fear. We could almost say God's attachment love of seeing us, of being safe with Him, of being soothed and secure, begins to cast out fear. So I've been asking the Lord to give me a picture of being, if you will, uprooted, both from anything that was toxic in my home life and anything that was toxic in my early spiritual life and root me deeply in his love so that that love will begin to affect the way I react, the way I spend and invest my life, the way I feel about myself and the way I feel about others. My prayer is that you and that I will receive the prayer of Paul that we would be rooted in God's love that is greater, wider, more amazing than anything we could ever imagine. God bless you, and may you see God's love coming your way. 